Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sustainable Hive podcast, sponsored by Be Joyful Shop, Michigan's first zero waste and refillery. I'm your host, Jessica Thompson. Just like you, I'm trying to cut down on waste and live a healthier, more sustainable life. I don't want to be overwhelmed by eco guilt, and I'm sure you don't either. My goal is to encourage, educate, and inspire you to get started and to do the best that we can. Join me each week as I share simple solutions to some big problems. Let's get started with today's show. Today we will be talking about the history and future of the zero waste movement. So let's get into it. What is zero waste? Well, zero waste is a lifestyle that promotes the goal of reducing the amount of material we throw away. So we aim to send nothing to a landfill. We reduce what we need, reuse as much as we can, send little to be recycled, and compost what we cannot. It's really about redefining the system. We currently live in a linear economy where we take resources from the earth and then dump them in a giant hole in the ground. The goal of zero waste is to move to a circular economy where we take trash out of existence. The circular economy mimics nature in that there is no trash in nature. Instead of discarding resources, we create a system where all resources can be resumed fully back into the system. How amazing does that sound? Let's back up. When did the zero waste movement start? Well, many indigenous societies have been living zero waste since the very beginning. Ancient peoples had relatively no waste, and any waste that they did have, they knew how to repurpose in a meaningful way. When I say they quote-unquote had no waste, It's due to the fact that all of their discarded materials were made of naturally biodegradable elements like wood, stone, and animal parts, but also because they understood the value of the things that they had. There's also evidence that the Aztec Empire city of Tenochtitlan recycled all waste in the city as far back as the 1300s. Food waste was fed to animals or used for growing crops. Anything combustible was burnt as a mean to light public spaces. Even human waste was used as fertilizer or to tan leather. But as societies developed and cities and populations grew, waste became a much bigger problem. Garbage dumps, sewage, and sanitation departments became a necessity. In 1881, New York City started its first official Department of Sanitation, named the Department of Street Sweeping. But even then, the resourceful, scavenged useful goods, repairable clothing, metal, glass, and edible food scraps from these brand new landfills. So when did modern zero-waste practices begin? Well, the modern zero-waste movement really didn't begin until the 1980s. The phrase zero waste is often attributed to Daniel Knapp's idea of total recycling and is directly related to Knapp's salvaging operation in Berkeley, California. 
The idea was that all waste could be diverted away from landfills and be reused, in some capacity, by the community. He may have been a little too hopeful for the times, but the idea behind the movement, those of sustainability, recycling, composting, and waste management, were slowly beginning to catch on. In towns and cities across the U.S., municipal programs began to pop up. The process wasn't as perfect as Knapp's idea, but some 40 years down the line, the concept has finally picked up some steam, thanks in part to the Internet. Today's episode is sponsored by Be Joyful Shop, Michigan's first zero-waste and refillery. Be Joyful offers plastic-free alternatives for you and your home. Located in downtown Kalamazoo, Michigan, and shipping plastic-free worldwide. Stop in and see what they have to offer for sustainable alternatives, over 65 personal and household refills, and 20 free community resources. Find Be Joyful Shop online and on all social media platforms. What does zero-waste living look like today? The zero-wasters of today have a more all-encompassing view of the idea than the concept's origin. It isn't just about wasting less. It's about altering your lifestyle so that the things you do use are able to be reused, repurposed, or composted. Plastics were already a significant problem back in the 1970s and 80s. But despite the efforts of many environmentalists, that problem has grown even more prevalent over the years. If anything, plastics are an even greater problem now. Being zero waste in the modern age is about having less of an impact on the world. As a result, today's zero-waste thoughts also place greater importance on sustainability. There is a greater focus on using renewable goods and shopping for sustainably sourced food and other goods. What is a zero-waste lifestyle? Well, it's an eco-friendly lifestyle that aims to reduce the amount of waste an individual creates on a daily basis. The primary purpose of this lifestyle is a commitment to sending as little waste to landfills as possible. While it's impossible to create zero waste, there are so many ways to reduce consumption that can benefit the planet. People prioritize recycling and reusing products and goods rather than purchasing single-use items that clog up landfills and contribute to climate change and global warming. Making changes to a zero-waste lifestyle can be challenging, because you have to unlearn wasteful behaviors while learning to practice mindful consumption. A lot of people find it helpful to connect with others in pursuit of the same goal within your community, those people who can offer support and tips. Whether that's in person or online, it can be helpful. By making small changes, like starting a compost pile, recycling, repurpose houseful items instead of purchasing new single-use items, you can begin your zero-waste journey. Here are some tips for transitioning into a zero-waste lifestyle. 
Now remember, zero-waste living is a process, and it doesn't happen overnight, believe me. But by taking a few small steps at a time, we can start to reduce our rapid cycle of consumption and disposal. So here are my tips on cutting down on waste. Number one, eliminate single-use items as often as you can. Single-use plastics or paper goods like utensils and straws and plastic bottles. Use your own reusable items like metal cutlery or cloth napkins. Keep your own reusable water bottle on hand rather than buying new plastic bottles from the store. Number two, take note of your trash. Now I know it might sound gross, but examining your trash will help you figure out where most of your waste comes from. Understanding your waste habits will give you an idea of what practices you need to refine to reduce your waste. For example, if most of your waste is food waste, you'll need to take steps to change your shopping habits so that you only buy what you can actually eat before it goes bad. Number three, recycle. Recycling is the process by which we take used materials and convert those into new products. There are many ways to recycle from DIY repurposing old objects or sending those materials to a facility. Recycling cuts down on our need to harvest resources, helping to save energy, minimize greenhouse gas emissions, and reducing deforestation over time. While it's not perfect, it's better than nothing. Number four, thrifting. Buying secondhand clothing at a thrift store is a great way to reuse pre-existing materials rather than purchasing new, trendy, fast fashion garments that are more likely to wind up in a landfill. You can find clothing, household items, and furniture at thrift shops, which you can repurpose or upcycle for cool things in your own home. Number five, repurpose household items. There are many common household items that you can repurpose to reduce waste. Mason jars might be my favorite. You can use a spaghetti sauce jar or jam jar. Turn those into food storage containers, planters, or my favorite, a coffee cup for my cold coffee. You can turn an old bed sheet into a reusable tote. Use fabric bags to carry fresh produce so that you don't have to use those horrible clingy bags at the grocery store. Number six, compost. Much of the food waste we produce, like eggshells, fruit peels, coffee grounds, are compostable materials. Under the right conditions, compost can turn your food scraps into pure organic nutrition without all of the harmful methane byproducts that are released into the air. If you have a home garden, compost is great. Number seven, buy fresh foods. Processed foods often come wrapped in plastic packaging that is harmful to the environment. By buying more fresh foods, if possible, it's a great way to use less plastic. Fresh fruits and vegetables are not typically enclosed in plastic, and you can skip the plastic baggies that are in the grocery store. 
If you eat meat, you can bring your own containers to the butcher or deli, also reducing plastic and paper waste. Number eight, use rechargeable batteries. If you use electronics with disposable batteries, try switching to the rechargeable version. They help you save money on packages of batteries and reduce the amount of plastic packaging and empty batteries that end up poisoning the ground in landfills. Number nine, connect with a zero waste community. People across the globe have successfully adapted their lifestyles to go zero waste or low waste. Whether you find someone in your town or follow someone online, they are all geared toward encouraging a zero waste lifestyle. These groups are great. What might a zero waste future look like? Well, according to Greenpeace International, the future of zero waste will likely include changes in the way we manufacture, utilize, and dispose of materials. Humans will likely have to find better ways to recycle plastic or switch to non-toxic, completely biodegradable materials. Single-use items would be completely eliminated, replaced with only items that can be repurposed in some meaningful way. At the same time, a zero-waste future might involve better municipal sanitation recycling or, if we're lucky, zero-waste programs. Such programs would serve the same purpose as current recycling programs as a way to make zero-waste living more accessible to everyone. If this zero-waste future becomes a reality, it could be the dream we've all been waiting for. But in order for it to become possible, we need to appreciate the sustainable ways that our ancestors lived. We need to take those lessons, as well as our collective mistakes, and use them to improve and inform our future. If you have any questions or comments, visit me at www.bejoyfulshop.com. And until next week, remember to be joyful that we have the power to make a change.